There are stories that have been told over and over, centuries old, and yet they are nothing like the truth. Let me be the first to clear up the misconceptions of mankind. Misconceptions. In the beginning, there were those who ruled the skies. Skies. Their power being unimaginable. One cannot explain the magnitude of knowledge they possessed. Knowledge. But it is they who created us. Us. We are their children, and some of us were gifted with traits to play video games very well. Very well. Some of us, not so well, more of a casual gamer like myself. Myself. Whether this was intentional is a complete mystery. Mystery. Welcome to the Burnout Writer Podcast. Podcast. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. Look what happens when you prepare. Just that part. (laughs) (laughs) Your stop for gaming and mental health. You can catch us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, amongst other places, to listen to our wonderful podcast about all those things I just said. Yeah. Woo! That stuff. Mm. Okay, so I guess I have to start out with the questions, and I forgot. Hold on. Introductions. Oh, oh, oh! We have somebody special with us today. Special. Very special. (laughs) Very, very special. Near and dear to my heart. I am... Wrote his name out a few times. Yeah. His name is what? Fernando. Oh my goodness. Welcome, Fernando. Hello. My name's Fernando. <laughs> and I feel the love. I feel the love. I do. I do. Um, oh, I hope you so feel it. I, so so like, this is where I introduce myself or right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds all right. Uh, so my name's Fernando. Um, Keep telling us your name. What is it again? What's your name? Huh? Fernando. Oh, okay. Uh, Fernando. Fernando. Yes, I've heard it. I, I can hear the drums. I can hear them. And <laughs> and I'm not Alejandro. I'm Fernando. So uh, I've heard them all. But uh, yeah, I live in Japan currently. I am originally, I'm originally from, I was born in Dominican Republic. Uh, and then when I was like seven years old, moved to Miami, Florida. Um, I mean... There's a lot that I can say about me growing up in Miami and being the person that I am, like a very, very... Sure, introduction. Yes. Then tell me, tell me what you aren't. What are uh, you not, for now? I am not, <clears throat> I am not vegan. That's no. for sure. Well, you know, I think, I think you would have told us already if you were. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that, I like that, yeah. Um, I am so not... Fernando, you're- I'm not religious, and that's probably it. <laughs> okay, you're big into music, right? Yes, uh, yes, I'm a musician. Uh, I've been a musician, uh, I, I guess, officially since I was 12 years old when I picked up my first guitar. And wait, wait, six wait, years? Wait, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. you, when did you consider yourself an actual musician? Because at 12, picking up the guitar does not make you a musician. When did... <laughs> When did you feel like, okay, this is, you know, what I want to do in life. This is like me. Um, well, if it's, if it's about like, this is what I want to do in life, I guess it was probably. When he was 13. No, I mean, I, I think it, technically, wouldn't it be when you write your first song then? I wrote my first song when I was 14. So not much after. Like I joined, like I joined a band when I was, yeah, 13, 14, joined a punk band. And we started writing music. Your, I'm sorry. What was what? your first band? Oh, uh, our first band's name was The Hand Me Downs, and then Damn, that was as I thought it was going to be. It's a good name. <laughs> yeah, and then like the same members, but we added another one, and we just decided to change the name again. 
uh, because we were adding a new member and we we're kind of changing the image and changing our sound and we became a uh, waiting theory. And then, yeah, that. Yeah, I say like the thrift yeah. shop or something. Like that. No, <laughs> keep no. going. And then after, after that, um, yeah, we were like a post. <laughs> we were like a post hardcore screamo band, and it was really fun. And then once I got into university, I think that's when we stopped. I think all of us kind of went in different directions in terms of like life. Not that we had anything. Nothing really went down within the band. Mm -hmm. We just kind of naturally organically right. split well, up. Really good. Okay, so we have this thing where, and you've listened, where we ask a question to everybody. Mm. So we're going to do that right now before we jump into like too far into your history, because you're going to have a whole little segment to talk about all of those things. Right, right. Okay, you ready? cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. You're not first, though. Okay. I'm not first. So <laughs> why, would the, why would the guest be first? No. Yeah. Fuck well, I need no. you to shut up. Okay. <laughs> all right, so... Matt. Yeah, shit. What? I'm first? All right, here yeah, we go. Yeah, you're they first. were first, so now you're first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Okay. All right, so Matt, mm -hmm. if you could go on a date. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Let me back up. Okay. If you had to get a wingman, okay. right? Like the perfect wingman okay. at a gay bar. All right. Who would you pick? Like video game character? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. If yes. I had to pick... A wingman for gay bar. Mm -hmm. I would pick. Fuck, this is tough. I would pick. Hold on. Shit, hold on. Give me a sec. I need to look up his name because I forgot his full name. Wait, wait, wait. Let's fill some time here. We're just talking about stuff. So the weather today. Weather today <laughs> was very weather. was very interesting. The weather really was was like I weather would, today. I would yeah. pick. Uh, Kanji Tatsumi. From what? From Persona 4 Golden. Oh, oh my god! Well, I have, I have a reason for thrower. it. Yes. I have a reason for it, though. Okay. He is actually a gay character, mm -hmm. and his like, his major story arc in the game is him coming to terms with his sexuality. Mm -hmm. So he's like this like rough and tumble dude who's all like, I'm fucking everybody up. And then as you get to know him, you kind of understand why he's like that. Because he has repressed sexuality. Exactly. Issues. Yeah. All right. So and that, you think he would make the best wingman at a game? By bar? the time that he gets to the end of the game and how he's come, come into himself more and accepted himself more, fuck yeah, I think he'd be a good wingman at the bar. Okay. By so, the end of the game. Yeah. Okay. I'm not taking like the first time you meet him. I'm talking I'm taking him like at the end. Oh, okay. I'm not inviting right, him. I mean I feel like that's important. I'm not I'm, yeah, I'm not inviting him out at the beginning. Okay. You can it. fucking fight everybody. I don't want that. <laughs> I lose. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. <laughs> not much of a lover either. <laughs> I'm just me. Just Matt. You're just an er. Yeah. So surprising no one. Uh, I picked this character from Persona again. Yeah. Oh, suck it, bitches found a way to do it. Word. No. Why? It's not a bad question. I'm just never ready. Okay. <laughs> if you could be like, what if you were in a game, mm -hmm. like, and they, it's some someone could take you mm -hmm. and put you in a game. Ooh. Would you be? Ooh. So pick a game world. Where do I fit? Yes. Uh, the best. Um, I think that I would do pretty well. As a bard? No, I'm sorry. No. No. <laughs> no I can't I, I can't sing. You have not you've not 
been to karaoke with me before. But you're a good storyteller. I am a good... Oh, well, then. Picking the game world's hard. Because, like, I'm trying to think about not by the so way, hostile game world. By the way, you can't do this, <laughs> you can't do this fucking, like, Kingdom Hearts so I can pick all no, the no, words. No, 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 no. I want to pick something concrete. Okay. I'm trying to think of some less hostile game worlds. Um, maybe something like... Uh, maybe something like, for some reason, I'm thinking of like Deus Ex, but like, because I think I'd work as a pretty good, like tech based character Mm -hmm. where I could like be the informant kind of person. Are Uh, you techie? I am techie. Oh, okay. Um, and you look like a techie person. And I I think, I mean, if I was in that game world, I'd dedicate more of my time to like keeping up with the technology and everything like that. And you wouldn't have to fight. No, and the thing with the thing with JSX is also there's like the big company that you work for. So I'd probably just be like the tech guy working at the company that the main character would come up you to. You literally for like had a chance like to that. pick any amazing role character you could be, well, and you picked a real role job. Because well, <laughs> you I would be middle management. <laughs> Because you asked me, like, which game world would you do the best in? And I'm going to be honest with myself. I'm not going to some place like Skyrim where I'm going to get set on fire by a dragon or something like that. I mean, because like, do I'm all not the characters survive. get set on fire by dragons? No, but about 98%. the percentage wow. is quite high. Wow, that's true. So I'm picking up, I'm I'm being true to who I am. Okay. <laughs> I, I can respect that. All right, good one. This is boring. <laughs> all right okay fernando yours is really easy i feel like like you probably have already thought about this okay okay all right so if you had three babies mamas, three babies mamas. which game characters would those three mamas be babe three baby mamas <laughs> oh snap okay um oh you didn't think about it Woo-woo. no yeah no no i, I really i really <laughs> don't baby. actually Though I do appreciate female characters. Let's see. Um, I guess number one, man, I'm going to have to go with Boo on this one, but I'm going to have to go with Tifa because for sure, like <laughs> Tifa, I think Tifa was, I think in my, in my entire life, I think Tifa was the first example of huge video game knockers for sure. <laughs> like I, I'm no, pretty sure. Really big tits. Yeah, like the, it was, it was insane. Like honestly, look, playing back now the like, the original, you see like the proportions are just not the god. Even like the the two D design of her was kind of obscene. Uh, okay, number two. Number two. Number two. Um, people were really annoyed by her, but I liked her. Um, uh, I I do forget her name though, but the the girl from Resident Evil Five. That that helps uh that helps oh. Chris. It's like Shiva or something. Yeah, Shiva, Shiva, Shiva. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her. I thought she was she was super cute. I thought she was banging. And okay. number three. Mm, number three. Uh oh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go a little furry here. I'm gonna go with Felicia from Vampire Stalkers. Ooh, Ooh. Dark Stalkers? Dark Stalkers, yeah. Dark it's, what yeah. was that vampire? It's no, I, I I mix up the Japanese name with the, oh, yeah. the vampire oh, warriors like... or something. I forgot. Yeah, Dark Stalkers, Felicia. Yeah, that's who. Yeah. Good there. choice. I am super surprised you didn't pick Chun Li. I like really surprised. I I love Chun Li, but I 
like but every, I like every, everyone everyone kind of chooses channeling I guess I always steer away from the ones that everyone like that's why I was like oh, I'm gonna say Tifa because like she's the first one that came up in my head everybody chooses Tifa yeah exactly no no right. exactly so I wanted to avoid the last two being like ones that everyone goes for I mean, I want the other two to be that was yeah, his first love two. yeah no Tifa oh, for sure I don't, yeah. I don't love anyone alright we need one for Destiny Okay. Oh, no. Didn't think of one. <laughs> oh, I thought of if three. You, <laughs> if you had to go yeah. on a 16-hour flight okay. with a four-month-old child, okay. which video game character would you bring with you to help ease the experience and why? Which video game character would I bring with me? I know my answer. Me too. To ease the experience. Yeah, because you guys fucking live and breathe and shit video games. Like, I have to <laughs> wow. Think Damn. About it. It's true. It's true, though. It's real painful when the discs come out. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I took Mama from Death Stranding. Oh. Oh. Why is that? I haven't met her yet. <laughs> shit. That's okay. Go on. I I, I met her. I I know stuff about her. She really was a good mother. She really cared about that child. That's true. Mm. That's a good point. She did everything for that child. Yes. And so you know that that's a very thoughtful answer. My answer is a lot less nice for the child. Damn. What the fuck are you? (laughs) Whoa. Well, I heard it. I I was gonna pick Jigglypuff. Me too. Okay. And then you have an easy plane. I hope it's not the pilot. Or then you die because everybody goes to sleep. Including the the pilot. And Jigglypuff, you can't control Jigglypuff. And she's going to draw. She gets really upset, though. And she's going to draw on all our faces when we wake up. But even if she's your Jigglypuff, if it's not like we're not talking about game world, if we're talking about like world world, yeah, yeah, she does whatever the fuck she wants. That's true. But she was a wild Jigglypuff. Okay. I still feel like you're gonna die because everybody's. Gonna I just tell the, the pilot to sleep. I just yeah. tell the pilot like wear Please headphones. Wear headphones. Because she gets and don't upset when people fall asleep when she's singing. Yeah, yeah. She just crashes that plane in. I think it's cute. You both thought of Jigglypuff. Yeah, yeah. look at us. Look at that. Oh my god, you guys are dorks. <laughs> so, all right, cool, awesome, good start. I oh okay so um. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Now we're going to move on to basically um, games that matter. Games that matter. Everybody, games that matter. Games that matter. <laughs> Insert sound effect. So, you're going to be up for games that matter. So basically, I know you've listened to the podcast, but just like a real quick review. A game that matters is something that you've played um, that it could have either been a positive experience for you or a negative experience for you, but either way it impacted you somehow. So please, we are dying to know what is one game that has mattered to you through your whole career of gaming. Okay. This one's really easy for me, like really, really easy. And though many people consider it Holy Grail for me, the time that the game came for me at the time it came in my life, it just left such an impression that, Oh God. Um, the game that I'm going to choose is Chrono Trigger. And now, like, the thing is, the, my relationship with Chrono Trigger is not like the typical one. I was not into 
RPGs when Chrono Trigger was released. Like, I didn't know what RPGs were yet. Like, I was still kind of wrapping my head around what, what they were. I remember that Super Mario RPG came out and I was excited about it because, oh, it's isometric and it's just like 3D. But then I was like, that was like my, that was technically my second foray into RPGs. My first one was Earthbound, but Earthbound, I didn't, I didn't comprehend whatsoever because I was like 11. And I was just like, yeah. I can't wrap my head around this. So Super Mario RPG, yeah, yeah. So Super Mario RPG was a, technically the first RPG that I finished, and that was my first introduction to the the actual initials RPG. But I still wasn't like fully kind of aware of RPG games. I didn't know that you know SquareSoft or Enix were like the big publishers back in the day for RPGs. So. Um, when the first time that I played Chrono Trigger was in 1997, Chrono Trigger was released in 95, so a full two years later. And <clears throat> it was uh, at a time in my life where my uh, I had I was in middle school and I had gotten really, really bad grades in school. And my father um, basically he, he, he took away the thing that I loved the most and he took away games like I couldn't play video games for like six months. It was like a full oh. six, yeah, full six months. Yeah. Ellen a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. So um what ended what ended up happening though was um the summer of the the when basically like my seventh grade year ended and that summer, that entire summer vacation, I was barred from playing games. However, we took a trip back to Dominican Republic like we did every summer, and I went to go visit my family. And uh, while I was out there with my cousins, you know, I was I was grounded in Miami, but, you know, my dad couldn't keep tabs on me. So I was able to, like, you know, play games when I was with my cousins and stuff. And uh, it was 1997. So um, around that time was when Final Fantasy VII was released. So um, me and my cousins went to this place called Mr. Movies, which is basically the, the blockbuster of Dominican Republic. And we rented... Final Fantasy VII because I had seen it. I had played a demo of it on a, in a on a console somewhere in one of those video game stores or whatever, and I was completely like floored by, it, amazed, like, oh man, this game's amazing. Well, long story short, we played the shit out of the game, but I I I, I was only like in the country for well, from the time that we rented the game, I was only in the country for like another week or so, so I wasn't gonna have enough time to beat it at all. And I was that made me really sad because I knew that when, once I got back to Miami, I wasn't gonna be able to play any games. Uh, but in that same time, um, one of my cousins, uh, we went to like a, my, one of my cousin's friend's house, and for the first time in my life, I saw what was later gonna be my saving grace for my six month period, which was I saw one of his homeboys playing. I mean, a uh, Super Nintendo emulator on his computer. And I was like, the fuck? Like, wait, what? You're playing on it? What? Like, my brain was just fucking like, wait, what? So then, <laughs> like, you know, like, DR is like, I will say DR is the a hub of piracy because, you know, shit doesn't get released in DR. At least back then, it wasn't. And so I took all this information that I got from 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 my cousin's friend and took it back home with me. Mind you, um, in my in my room, I had a computer. It was like a, a shitty Canon computer back when Canon still made PCs, right? But what was great about this computer was it could run emulators, Super Nintendo emulators to the T. It could run them perfectly because you didn't need that much processing power. So my father knew that he gave me a shitty computer, but what he didn't know is that I had access to emulators. So basically, uh, yeah. I couldn't, I could, at the time also, I didn't own a PS1 yet also. So I, even though I really wanted to play Final Fantasy VII, 
I came back home and the only system that I had was the Super Nintendo and the 64. So I didn't have a PS1. So that was kind of on the back burner, but I definitely wrote it on my list of games that I need to fucking finish. But I had seen my, my friend's cousin playing a game. And I was like, yo, what game is this? And I remember distinctly when what section of the game that I saw that got me so fucking enamored with it. It was it was Chrono Trigger what he was playing, but it was in the he was uh in the section where you're climbing that mountain, uh, uh where like everything's like all white and you fight like the lava spawn, like a little lava spawn. Oh, End yeah. of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like towards the end of the game, but I, I didn't. Like, he was. We caught like we walked into his house while he was like mid, like mid session. Like he, you know, he just kind of paused the game, but like the music was still playing, and I saw it. I was like, man, I really want to play this game. This game looks awesome. So, cool. uh, long story short, I get back to Miami, uh, boot up my computer, and go through all this. Is back, you know, like we had just like this is back on a fifty six k connection, so like no DSL either, but it was perfect because like. Super Nintendo games were like three megabyte download. Like, I mean, yeah, it would take me like an hour three or so. Days. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, on a work on a bad day, definitely like three days. But it was yeah, doable. Yeah, it was manageable. You know what I mean? I could leave it overnight and then know that when I come back from school, the game is downloaded and I could play. And that time in my life, those six months where I was basically left to my own devices, my own ingenuity. Like I there was one time where the computer broke down and I had to like find a way to fix it. You know I mean, like I, I, I learned so much about computing, so much about like hardware, all that via like old forum boards and shit, you know, and well, that's really dope. So yeah. like this game is like something that got you through a hard period when you weren't allowed to play games at all. Yeah. Right? Is that yeah. Basically, like the when I wasn't allowed to play, like basically when like. Um, around the time I, I wasn't also like in, in, in middle school, I wasn't really, um, what's the word? I wasn't like a socially adept person. Uh, like people, all, a lot of people I felt like wanted to be my friends. I just didn't want to be friends with a lot of people. So taking was- away, taking away games from me at that time was just like the, the worst thing you could probably, like my dad didn't know what he was doing. Cause my dad was of an old school generation. He didn't know what games could be. You know? take away anything right yeah yeah so like because uh and then so me like what seeing chrono trigger is what just motivated me to really figure out this whole emulation thing and and just getting to know like i would stay up all night on forum boards i would lose so much sleep i would like i would end up going to sleep like at three or four in the morning just looking up stuff making stuff work you know trying to figure out how to get like you know and back then i didn't have like a a a gamepad or anything i had to do everything with a keyboard so finding like good key bindings that felt comfortable all those things and uh the first game that i downloaded the first game that i downloaded from my emulator was uh chrono trigger and just really cool so i have a mm. sorry i don't mean to cut you off yeah go i just have like a few questions for you Mm. so is that game like I know you don't really do a lot of PC gaming now? Hmm. You do a lot of console gaming, right? Um, now, no, I mean, I think lately, maybe since last September, I've been mostly console gaming, but uh, from the end of high school all, all the way up until like halfway through my life in Japan, I've been a PC gamer for sure. 
So do you think that like Chrono Trigger is what got you into like RPG games or like Oh no, definitely Chrono Trigger got me into RPG games and also Chrono Trigger got me into the possibilities of just gaming on a PC. Like to me it's like it's I've always been like, okay, yeah, sure, a console, but I could probably do it on a PC. If someone's gonna Would you say would you say that Chrono Trigger also got you into like doing the type of music that you do sometimes? Like I know it's very like um 64 bit like it, it, when I listen to some of your music it reminds me of music that you would put in a video game and you said people have said that about your music before mm-hmm. so do you think that also inspired you well at the time I wasn't really focused on music yet uh when I was first playing Chrono Trigger it was it would be later because like because Chrono Trigger has been such an important game I've played this game I've gotten like all of the alternate endings. I've got, I've played it on every iteration. It was released on the DS. I bought it. It was released in the PS One. I bought it. It was released in the PS Online Store. I bought it. Like every time it comes okay. out, I buy it and play it. So so I, I, so I, it's, mm. it's a really important game to you. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, it is. So later so when I got more into music, wait, 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 okay, wait, go, wait, 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 go, okay, <laughs> go. Because I really want to get into your music. Mm-hmm. So let's put this on hold and let's bring it to like what inspired you to make gaming music. Okay. I can tell you exactly what game did that for sure. Okay. Um, Breath of Fire 4 for sure. Okay. So why? Um, It was the first time that I heard in a video game uh, drum and bass track for a battle. Um, People don't like it's so easy to miss because it only there are only two drum and bass tracks in that entire game the rest of the game is pretty like not i won't say run of the mill because the the, the other rest of the soundtrack is great it's an amazing soundtrack but definitely what caught my ear was when you're playing the game you play the uh i think maybe 10 minutes into the game or something you play as the main villain uh you get put in his perspective and what's amazing is that like every time you go into a battle he gets different music and he gets mm-hmm. yeah he gets different battle music and he also gets a different uh, track for when he's fighting a boss and his tracks are such a huge contrast from the rest of the game which i think was a, just an amazing choice because that makes it seem like oh my god this guy is badass this guy is like a fucking he's a fucking g and it so was basically a drum and bass track with this do you think like this would inspire you to like make your own kind of music for games and if you did would you follow that kind of set play like just have a game that has a lot of music that each character has like their own personal kind oh, of theme. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like um, after, 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 after Breath of Fire 4 is when I started really to kind of actually listen and pay attention because like I, I love music already at the time, but for me, music and music and video games were not um, like, they they i didn't kind of put them together yet for me they just they were in separate things i felt like music and video games was music for video games but um at the time there was this one one artist that i was listening to a lot back then uh his name was Aphex Twin and what one of the things that i loved about his music he made a lot of drum and bass and drill and bass but one of the things that i loved is that you could hear his music i was like man this could totally be in a game like this could totally be uh, a soundtrack to a game, just this album alone. Do and, you play do you play drum and bass? Um, what instruments do you play? 
I I haven't made any drum and bass tracks. I, I mean, I have some sitting on my hard drive. I haven't released any, but drum and bass for me is like life. Uh, for me, that that I, I hear that, and it's just like that's my heartbeat in terms of like the music that I can listen to. I can study with it. I can do chores with it. I can exercise with it. That's to me, drum and bass is like the shit. So, what kind of what kind of music do you predominantly make now? Um, right now, I've been making a lot of like house influence music i guess uh I, I guess the only way to describe it would be um take um daft punk's discovery album and then just make it more video gamey like just mm. way more video gamey because like i feel like daft punk to me was that that album was to me like the pinnacle of dance music like they, they set uh they, they set a precedent and then every house like artist after that was just emulating what daft punk did uh, mm-hmm. and I take a lot of, I take a lot of influence from that. Uh, but then, um, I do have like, uh, I'm, I have like a lot of, in terms of genre, I really just, I'll go anywhere. Um, I've even explored just doing like opuses, like, oh, I have a, a like a game idea in my head. I'm just going to write the soundtrack to it. Kind of. What idea. did you think of like, cause I know you said you liked Daft Punk. What did you think of their, um, album that they did for Tron because I felt like that was a bit different than their usual music. Like that actually felt very much like video game music to me. Oh no, that that's one of like one of my favorite movie soundtracks. Like that and like the remix album of that soundtrack is amazing. Like I, they like they just they they just like they're they they have uh they're tapped into their music. It's not like you can tell that um their workflow is really tenacious. And, mm-hmm. and they, they really pay attention to details, which is kind of an unheard of thing when it comes to like house artists. Because most house music kind of is run of the mill, a lot of cookie cutter stuff. Uh, but they just, they're meticulous. Um, I used to follow uh, their groups prior to Daft Punk. They, they used to be in this band uh, called, well, the members after became the band called Phoenix. And they, they just, they know music they you know and that's one of the things that i love about them and they've been so, really influenced hmm. when you start working on a track is like do you find yourself thinking back to a specific track from a specific game or do you kind of feel like sometimes when you're actually playing something it hits you a certain way and you're like oh i want to make a song based on this kind of moment or based on the song i'm hearing in a game do you find that it influences you more to make a track or you're already working on one and you kind of feel a game kind of creeping in the back of your mind while you're doing it. Well, every 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 track that I've made, come like the the motivation for a track is always different every time. Um, th- I remember the one of the first tracks that I released. Um, it was it came about because I had I was recording myself playing guitar and I actually made a mistake, uh, and then I went back to replay it and then it was purely by accident, but you know, in music production, there's not just things as accidents. And uh, this one guitar section, I looped it. And even though it was like kind of like a mistake, it sounded cool when you looped it. And after that, I just kind of had, once I was hearing that track, I was hearing something in my head and I'm like, oh, cool. Let me, let me just fuck around with some like sound patches. And then I got to this one patch that was like a, it was like a very kind of 18, 16 bit sounding synth. And I made this line. And at the time, I had just finished playing Cave Story. And for some reason, I just like, man, this sounds like it would be a track on that soundtrack 
just like you know cave story was a lot more broken down because it, it the the actual sound engine was just like a 8-bit or 16-bit sound engine but if right. I, my track is more like the souped up version of one of those tracks it, it, that's what it felt like like i even went onto like the, the the reddit board and put it up and they were like oh yo shit it does feel like it does sound like cave story shit it's like oh that's really cool so i know you have a soundcloud right mm-hmm. yes and you have do you have that up there um Yes, I do. That track, yeah, I do. It's okay. called Level 3 Polar Star. Wait, 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 wait. Mm. All right. So I just wanted to say that, like, to our people who are listening, that you're actually going to be making a small sample for us that everybody will get to hear at the beginning and the end of tonight's podcast. Yep. No problem. And I just want to know, like, w- did a game inspire you for that? Or was it just, you know you thinking of something because i feel like everything you make you have to feel like a little inspired by so Mm. did a video game inspire that per se uh which one the the one that you're making oh the one for the opener uh yeah Yeah. actually a combination because i actually because of the because of the type of podcast it is uh, i was actually even though you told me, oh, listen to like the original jingle that we have or whatever, I was trying my best not to because I wanted to just do something different. Though I did listen to it, I've listened to it many times because I've, I've been listening to your your podcast. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I was trying to avoid it so that I wouldn't feel influenced. Uh, but I guess at the time that I was making it, uh, considering the samples that I was using in the music, um, I feel like it's very... Um, um, very Mega Man X esque kind of feel. Cool. Yeah, just cool. I just a little a little harder on the drums because like you know people want to groove and dance. So yeah. that's kind so, of feel. I know, Darren. I know video game music and especially like rhythm based games are huge for you. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about video game music, like what are some of the standouts that you have from your time playing games? Well, I know we were just talking about Chrono Trigger. Um, and Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross is probably, in my opinion, and for me, it's more towards Chrono Cross because that's the game that I played when I was younger. I played Chrono Cross first before Chrono Trigger. Mm. Uh, and Chrono Cross is probably my favorite game score soundtrack of, of all time. Um, just the way that they took the songs from Chrono Trigger, which are already so like beloved and considered some of the best tracks in, in games, and they used the better sound system of the ps1 to basically amplify it. amplify it make it more instrumental and just bring all those songs to to life more just amazing and it really was that soundtrack chef's that kiss. i think like helped the story at crow cross is like that shit insane and like impossible to follow it's so hard to understand um uh, and <laughs> if it was i don't think it was for the music uh, for me, at least, when I was a kid playing it, the music actually helped captivate me to go through the story because I just liked listening to the song so much. I didn't care that I didn't understand what was going on. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Matt? Um, for me, I don't know. I have like a weird relationship with video game music just because you like if I'm playing on the TV, I obviously have the music running, but almost always when I'm playing anything on handheld, I almost always have the music turned off just because usually I'm playing... If I'm on the go or if I'm at like, you know, playing on the subway or, you know, going like at work, I usually have the music turned off. So like a bunch of people will be like, oh, you played that game. Wasn't the music awesome? I'll be like, 
Well, fuck, I gotta go back and play it again. Well, that makes sense to me now, because you were watching, he had Steven Universe playing, but he was playing his Switch, and I'm like, how are you listening to both of those things? And he's like, no, I'm just listening, and I didn't realize, I can't play a game without the music. Yeah, really? Yeah, I know. So for me, like, I guess I'm just so accustomed to it, just because, like, I play in the like my Game Boy in the car, right? Like in the back of when we were taking road trips and shit. And then because you can just plug in your headphones. Not usually, just because mm-hmm. like I was usually just listening to different kinds of music. So for me, like when I think of video game music, the first one that always pops out to me is um, Utada Hikaru's Kingdom Hearts stuff, mm-hmm. like Simple and Clean and um, Sanctuary. Like those songs so vividly stay in my mind. Um, especially whenever I think of Kingdom Hearts, I hear her voice in my head. And mm-hmm. the other one, the much more recent one, was Persona 5 soundtrack. Yeah. As much as I talk about Persona, like, I never, ever, ever, I'm not the type of person to go back and, like, listen to a video game soundtrack or a movie soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. almost never do you find me doing that. For the Persona 5 soundtrack, I actually, like, would listen to when I was, like, in the car or driving or if I was doing something because mm-hmm. those songs were just so fucking hype mm-hmm. that they got me so amped up and, like, that soundtrack hmm. it just, just stands out for me just because of how in your face it is. Yeah. And even the slower stuff is really cool to listen to. Also, I want to just really quickly put um, a disclaimer of when we're talking about uh, soundtrack versus score. Yes. Because they're actually two different things. Yeah. Uh, Where the, the score is the music that's like like underplaying scenes and things like that, whereas the soundtrack is usually like what you're talking about, like simple and clean, like the songs that that's are what I was gonna say. meant for the to be listened to almost as like single songs. Yeah. I was going to say that Simple and Clean doesn't remind me of a, a a gaming song. I feel like they made the game and then they were like, hey, can we have you come in and do a song for the game? I I do associate it with that, but I never think that I don't yeah. mesh those two well, together. What Kingdom Hearts does, they take um, the, what's it called? I don't know. The 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 under like the melodies, melody? they take the melodies and like the themes of that song and they actually work it into yes, the score yes, of the I game. And mm. um, that is a motif. That's the word that I'm there talking about. There you go, you got it. Uh, there we go. I got there. Um yeah, so it put, uses those motifs, which I also really like when games and, and film soundtracks do that. And, and stuff I, like I that. find it I find it funny that you guys and like you guys mentioned uh with Kingdom Hearts, uh what was the other one? Um Chrono Cross and uh persona you mentioned ones that like for me have also like like to me those are all great soundtracks uh one of the things that is that like for example while you're playing the game that it leaves like a mark on you uh for sure uh because i had i had such an undying affection to chrono trigger when i played chrono cross i know that i remember at the time when it was released a lot of people were like oh man this is this isn't like this isn't like a, a sequel it doesn't feel like a sequel to chrono trigger but it, it technically is like it's set in the same universe, same world. And one of the one of the key things that I that made me realize while playing the game that it was the real world is that the fact that they were using themes from uh, the original Chrono Trigger, and then you know they kind of souped them up for yeah for Chrono Cross. Then uh, and- with Kingdom Hearts, I'm sorry, just to cut you off real quick, but. Uh, uh, with Kingdom Hearts, uh, what was, that was to me the first introduction to Japanese pop. Actually, uh, "Simple and Clean" w- was a track that um, Utada Hikaru had already made. It was already part of her album. They just asked for her to, to license it to the game, and that just that that was a very smart decision on her part because that just opened the entire U.S. and Western market to her, and it was just a, like, smart. 
that's really cool and um and also yeah like the way that they use that um in uh for chrono cross they used it in different emotional beats too um and um i thought that was really interesting and i think that's what helps it even when you're not understanding what's going on that the music can still give you the emotional right right, uh, right. You know. and so destiny what kind of soundtrack well, i and, thought you'd and- never ask <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you like do you consider um, it to be the I really liked the soundtrack and score of Final Fantasy VII. Okay. I thought yeah. it was amazing. One. I felt yeah. like it helped move like the characters along, especially the end fight with Sethra. Mm. Like I thought that was just fucking magical. Mm-hmm. Like it was just amazing. And it's the only game that I've ever played that did it like a whole orchestra was there for like the fight yeah. the only game i've ever played i right. don't know if there are any With others the, the choir and everything yeah too. that was just like yeah i felt like i was in church or something it was really cool though um i also like um i also like the soundtrack or the soundtrack or the score from toe jam and earl yeah yeah I you mentioned that before one. yeah because yeah. that really incorporated a lot of like hip-hop beats and things like that so i really liked that one and then, um, did you ever play Jet Set Radio? Hell yeah, hell yeah! You just like invoked holy grail of music right there. That's oof. and that's <laughs> that's also got like a lot of hip hop beats and, and oh, no. hip hop soundtrack. Have, I have friends who don't even game and they DJ that soundtrack. Like they don't even like they oh, they, okay. they just know of the soundtrack. It's you should check out Jet Set Radio, Destiny. I will. I will check it out. I don't think I played a lot of games on our Dreamcast. It wasn't like yeah. as popular. No, no, it did not do well. Yeah, um, uh, I think they ported it to PC. If you actually want to check it out. Oh, okay. That yeah. and Guys World of Illusions was also. Oh, what is that? That name rings a bell to me. I've talked but... about it like a few times on here, oh, but um, which one? Which one? Guys World of Illusion oh. or Guys Illusion, of... Illusion of Gaia? Yes. Oh. There we go. Yeah, I like that one too. Illusion of Gaia is a great game. Illusions. Oh, okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Illusions of Gaia. I always call it Gaia's World of Illusions, and I don't know why. It's like Mickey's House of Mirrors or it's, whatever. It's really is. weird because, yeah. like, you're traveling the world, and I think I always just because you're visiting like different what's the word uh, cultures around the world oh, and solving shit. Cool. I always think of like the world, the world and I always yeah. call it. And Gaia is the goddess of the world, so yes. I always call it. Yeah. What no. is it about Ga- the um, Illusions of Gaia soundtrack that stands out to you, or score? I think it's the first one that, like, I really liked, like, where I really, like, just paid attention to the music, especially, like, there's, um, when I listen to music, like, there are certain patterns that I like that just, like, get to me, and I can't explain it, like, I can listen to a whole song, and it may just be, like, the repeating chorus part, and I'm like, oh, this shit is so dope, that I'll keep listening to the whole song over and over just for that chorus part. Right. And so in the game, there's a part where you go and you're speaking to the goddess of illusion, and you can take a rest or go to sleep, and it's like this complete dark room. And it's the music in that section that I just absolutely love. And I can't, like, obviously do it with my mouth. So <laughs> would you find yourself sitting in that room for longer yes. than you should have just to listen to I it? I would, like, put my game on pause in there just to have it playing. Yeah, I, I would do that with um, the. I would do that with the the team the the team menu of Final Fantasy Tactics, like that. Oh, nice. the, 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 that that music that plays when you're just like sorting out your equipment and and your tunes and stuff. That that track, I would just leave it there. I would just leave the game on and just listen to the it. One thing I didn't like 
like is I never like the victory music of like any of the Final Fantasies. Yeah. Like dun, 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 dun. I hated that. But it's funny because it's like you know it beat for beat. You know what I mean? Like it's it's law. It's like because it's playing everything. everything. I know, but it's just like. <laughs> But there, I, there was there was i mean once they they started going into the more open world kind of thing they kind of dropped it though like once they stopped doing turn-based it, you know final fantasy 15 final fantasy 12 yeah i think as, as far back as maybe yeah 12 or 11 it's just like they would only they would only play it for like mini games or something so i i have a question um if if people don't mind me changing topics no um one of the things that my brother always talks about, my brother went to school for music and mm. he, um, uh, he had a run in with his professor one time, uh, because he was working on a, a composition project. And, uh, the professor was basically like, you're not allowed to use music from video games because he considered mm. like video game music, almost like the identical to movie mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I guess this question's for you, Fernando, as someone who's actually making music, okay. um, what do you think separates game soundtracks and game scores from film and television scores? Well, oh man, this is something, it's funny you asked me this because like I've been wrestling with this for a while. Um, I think uh, there's this, there's this concept uh, in music that a lot of, a lot of musicians talk about, which is um, limitations breeds creativity. Mm-hmm. So a perfect example um, the people that were composing for the NES, the the kind of sound, the soundboard, the sound chipboard that they were they were dealing with, they literally had just four channels, and they had mm-hmm. to like creatively find a way to uh, take account for all the different kind of frequencies that you hear in a song. You know, because you have like your kick drum for like the the drums, you have the snare. And then you have like your bass guitar, your harmony, and then your melody. And somehow composers back then had to make this work within four channels of music. Now, uh, flash forward till now, you have like endless, I mean, seemingly endless amounts of channels. You can live record music. You can uh, compress music to MP3 and put it in a game, yada, yada, yada. So now like it's like you're overwhelmed with like possibilities now there's two i'm sorry i'm confused so like when you say four channels of music i'm thinking of like if you were in like pro tools or like well yeah like pro tools kinda, and you only have four kinda, places plus what i'm sorry what kind of like that but it's uh, the, the, the sound okay. chip of the of the of the nes only allowed for four different simultaneous sounds to play at the same time yes that's what i meant uh-huh. so like yeah, in pro tools we have the four that you can put in right, sort of like, like if, if, a- you, if you want a visual, yeah, sure, something like that. I, yeah, I need a visual, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah so like there were like different kinds of like uh waves, like there's like a saw wave, a square wave, a triangle wave, those are the different waves that the Nintendo synthesizer could make, and it was limited to four channels. Um, f- flash forward now, you can just record endlessly anything, any instrument, no matter what. Um, then Somewhere along the line, um, between that transition from like you notice it in games, like um, back, there's like two ways to make music in general. There's two ways to make music interesting. One is melodic and groove interest, and then there's interest through texture. And okay. I feel that games now are relying more and more and more on 
textures rather than melodies or grooves or kind of so, memorable things. So what like, do you mean by texture? Because like I don't like the texture of beans. <laughs> okay, like sonic texture would be. I'll give you an example. Like yeah, it's it's hard to wrap your head around, but a uh, uh, texture would be just um, when you have a think about like think of a of a good soundtrack. That's a good example. Okay, uh, think of like the Call of Duty series, right? Uh, the, the, the textures that are used in the game are very run of the mill cinematic textures, uh, talking about the sound of violins, uh, orchestra, like you get me like that cinematic kind of like the textures are kind of determined by what instruments are playing. So it's like, Oh, this is a characteristic sound. I know this sound, this is a violin. So that's like a texture. So then, um, what video games do, I do think that are cool and, uh, that have more freedom to do than let's say, you know, regular pop music or music you hear on the radio is that they can explore more textures. They can take like, Oh, I want to take the sound of, of let's say like, um, like a whale and put it into a synthesizer and use that as like your quote unquote violin and then stack mm-hmm. it on something else. I mean, there's a lot of producers underground electronic music producers that do that, but in games it would pass because like, it's kind of in the background. It's just used as a texture to set a mood, you know? Right. And, and it can also happen in, in, in movies that way, but you won't hear it in like a club or, you know. So do they call it sound textures or just textures? Well, it, it depends on like how you're layering sounds and things because, you know, a lot of people choose. Like, a lot of games, uh, specifically like AAA games, go for the tried and true orchestral symphonic kind of, you got this orchestra playing and it, it they're they're relying on that those textures triggering nostalgia since these these kind of textures are the ones that are used in cinematic movies more and more these kind of games especially AAA games are trying to resemble movies which it at some point i would just be like well no games aren't movies cuz they're 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 different they're 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 interactive they're not like Movies are a different medium, but for the for the pretty big part of early games, I want to say like you know from the PS2 forward, um, games were using movies as a reference for their set pieces, for their cutscenes, for you know if we're gonna make tension, how do we make tension? Oh, you know we'll use this kind of music. You know a lot of uh, game directors were using movies as examples like kojima does that all the time he has like his favorite movies and he'll use them as like oh i want to create this kind of tension so i'm going to do this that's why metal gear solid was like so freaking amazing like the first one because it felt like a movie it felt like an interactive movie but then everybody after that has been trying to emulate that and that's kind of i'm still confused on what you mean by textures versus melody because it all sounds like well okay a melody okay so like back in the day because you were limited by channels uh, what made the the what all all the instrumentation that was always going to sound the same the 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 synthesis wave tables and the 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 drums for example all those sounds on the NES were always going to be the same textures they weren't they, you couldn't change them you know you why are you, why are you calling them textures though because the, the it's like because they're the textures are yeah, is uh, that like the te- technical name no, for it's them like, it's yeah, like uh, instrumentalists, people who like play instruments and stuff, they'll say like, there's two two ways that you can make something interesting. And we usually say texture or the way something sounds. The way something sounds is basically the texture. And So from 
Mm. A, for a quick Google here, it basically from it basically explains this texture as how tempo, melodic, and harmonic materials are combined. It's how the way that everything kind of comes together. Okay. Right? The overall. The yeah, yeah. Would, like... that, would that be accurate? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So like the the way you mix all the sounds together, games allows for you doing like way more with the texturing, like layering different sounds and stuff that normally wouldn't be layered. The entire, yeah, that overall package is the texture. The textures, the textures, the textures. And for people who don't, aren't aren't in like the music industry, like that was very confusing for me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of like a word that it's also using visual art too. So it's kind of like, just like that, if you could- But we also in visual art say layering. You know what I mean? And mm. I feel like if you say layering, people know that you're putting layers on something. Mm-hmm. But texture, it, to me, is like something that already has its own texture. Right. Like, it feels rough. But it's mm. not because you've layered anything. That's because that's its actual texture. So for a minute, I thought you were saying different sounds mm-hmm. that had their own, like, ha- that had been edited. Because you said something about whale sounds and mm. then using it as yeah, well, or something. the thing is, like, when it comes to sound, you can do the texturing via stacking sounds, or you can do the texturing within the sound. So, no, I understand. Yeah. Now. I understand. Yeah, I was yeah. just saying, I understand what you were saying. And for anybody who's listening who's not into music, I think it's good that we explain that. So, back to like the the thing where, like, you know, back in the day, like the NES was limited. You couldn't really do a lot with texturing. You couldn't like. Um, uh, you couldn't really change the sounds that the system was going to provide. That's why when you hear like a drum beat on an NES game, they all sound the same. It's always like the kind of thing, right? But what you did back then in order to make your music interesting and stand out was give it a, either a really cool groove or a really good melody. And what so, I, well, I'm sorry, go. Yeah. yeah. So basically like, it would be finding creativity within like with a small tool set, right? Like finding a way to make those four channels, right. Work in different ways and kind of masking the similarity through creativity. Would would you say that's. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I felt like that was a testament to like the genius of the people who back then with the limited tool set that they had did so much. Like uh, I feel like a great example. I mean, one of the things that affects me now I, as a gamer growing up in that era of gaming and then living through the current era of gaming, um, if you're only if you're the type of person that only plays like AAA games, you're you're going to have a hard time finding memorable soundtracks. Uh, I mean, granted, there's there's exceptions always. But in general, like all your battlefields and your um, your Call of Duties and your Halos and stuff like those those soundtracks. Like unless you're a diehard fan and you're constantly hearing that um, that soundtrack, most of the time you won't really be able to sing it. Uh, let's say after like one playthrough. But a game mm-hmm. like Mario Brothers, like you you could not even be playing the game and you'll know the tune. You'll hum it. You can sing it. I think I think a great recent example of that would be Undertale. Right. Yeah. The the Undertale soundtrack was one that like. I mean, we heard it when we were out and about at an escape room, and they were just playing it in the thing, and we were both like, "Holy shit! Wait, that's Undertale." Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it clicked right away. Right, exactly. So, like, in order to stand out with that kind of tool set, you have to just be really, really creative and really hone in on your melodies, the grooves that you're choosing, uh, and to so that it becomes like an earworm. So that's like its own way. That's its own form of advertising for a game. If you have like really memorable music. 
to really integrate. Yeah, it does have something to do with it too, because when some when the sounds are simpler, you can you can easier remember, to remember them. Yeah, I think it's also like Fernando was saying. It's just like the way that that soundtrack works through its simplicity, with while still being incredibly creative all the way through, is what that's what stuck with me for it. And again, for me, who's like I said, half on, half off when it comes to listening to music while I play games, um, that soundtrack stuck with me. And even though I only played through Undertale the one time, like I said, when we heard it out there, mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, I know what this is. So I think it was its creativity within simplicity that really stuck out for me. But it just reminds me of like having so many samples and just rearranging them to make your own type of music. Yeah. I know in college, like we used to use Adobe, not, yeah, Adobe After Effects. And instead of like arranging music by sound, we arranged it by um, pattern. Oh. So we'd get sounds, like sound loops that we liked. And then I would arrange it by pattern because I had nothing. I didn't know anything about music, but right. because it was in a pattern, like I would put like one block, one block, two block here or three blocks there. And it actually made a song. So I can see like if they were just doing something like that, like rearranging those mm-hmm. sounds, you can make tons of different music. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. So to kind of um, take a left turn here, like I want to I want to keep talking about music, but I want to I want to frame it a little differently mm. um, because do kind of like to focus on mental health and, and how different things can affect us. Uh, I pulled up an article here um, from the U.S. National Library of Medicine. Uh, it's titled Music Used for Mood Regulation, Self-Awareness and Conscious Listening Choices in Young People with Tendencies to Depression, mm-hmm. uh, published back in 2019, back in May. Essentially, while this isn't directly related to video games as a study, essentially what they kind of go through and do is they test choices that people make listening to certain types of music, depending on their mental state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And essentially what they found was that as in the like, talking about depression and media use, right? Stuff like Twitter or, or Facebook or Instagram or any, any sort of media, um, the more depressed that someone tended to get, and as they kind of sunk more into it, the higher the levels of media use that they kind of switch over to. So because also had like a it, it, it had if they were more reaction, if they were more depressed, they were on media, social media even more, right? They were watching more TV, they were playing more games. Well that makes sense because yeah. you want to distract yourself from those feelings. Yeah. Right. So essentially like what they did is they looked at what kind of choices people were making and so what types of music they were listening to mm. while they were kind of going through this. And a big thing that they looked at uh, was self-awareness right did people realize why they were making those choices and they found that largely people did right you had they had two big groups right they had the the group that chose music because they knew that it would make their there's a group that chose music that would quote unquote make it better right that they would try and pull them out like pull them out of it right Mm. and essentially what they found was that the people that went ahead and did it to make themselves feel worse were doing it because they wanted to, they wanted essentially to feel worse. They were looking for some sort of relatable thing. Like, yeah. Okay. So that's what I was going to say. Like mm-hmm. when people go through breakups, they listen to like sad, song, music. sad music, songs oh, yeah. about breakups, because it's nice to hear a song that somebody else is going through the same thing that you've gone through. Somebody else is feeling the same thing you're Mm -hmm. feeling. It's not necessarily, I don't think to make you 
feel worse, but it's like kind of like a connecting yeah. with something like, man, my girlfriend just broke up with me. So you listen to other people sing about yeah. being in the same situation. Misery loves company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So essentially like they, they wanted to be, they wanted to be comforted. Like you just said, right. Yeah. They wanted to feel like I'm not the only one going through this stuff. I'm feeling tired and sad, but like someone out there gets it. And then you had the other group who were doing it to try and to break the cycle, right? They would listen to classic classical music to try and calm themselves down if they were having some sort of anxiety reaction, right? And essentially what they ended up finding was that like, it was kind of equal parts for both. There wasn't any one that was much more powerful, but like there were positive effects and negative effects. They did find that when people went to sadder, quote unquote, sadder music, it did make things worse. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And the people that went for happier music, they didn't always necessarily make them happier, but they did like, it did sometimes kind of break the cycle. Was that like a coping mechanism though? Like a tool for the anxiety? Yes, it was. Okay. So I feel like for the anxiety, that's like a tool that you're taught, right? Cause you need to calm down. But I wonder if like for people who are sad, like there's no real, like, there's no real tool to just make you happy. Mm-hmm. No. I feel like it's something that you have to work through. And I feel like that's different than having like a panic attack or experiencing yeah. anxiety. This will, like, this one doesn't more as outside of like a full blown planning attack. It's uh, more like the anxiety that can come and kind of come along with depression. Uh, okay. So essentially the reason why I brought this whole study up, right. Is that like, I also. A lot about how people will lash out if they're playing online games or if they'll, they'll freak out or even Darren, like when I, I think back to you talking about doom, yeah. right. And you talked a lot about how the music helped amplify those like anxiety and like anger driven feelings that you were yeah, having yeah, to help yeah. you kind of give yourself an outlet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, what I wonder is that like, do you, and Fernando, this is what mm-hmm. I wanted to ask. Do you think the type of music that you're listening to when you're playing a game or the game, the way that the soundtrack can kind of hit, do you think that can, make things worse like like the people who do play games online right mm-hmm. if they are listening to you know heavy metal or hardcore or whatever that can kind of amplify that do you think that can make things worse for somebody who might be more prone to depression anxiety or sort of anger issues do you think that the music in a game can help make that kind of quote-unquote gamer rage even worse i think yeah but not in the same way that that like that you're like making an example of like you know like the first thing you think of a game rage you think like of a heavy metal soundtrack a game like doom i've played it it's really fun but i feel like when you have a soundtrack like that compared with like a violent game like a very cathartic game like doom actually i feel like probably in a game like that it'll take less uh, I mean, it'll take more time for somebody to get to rage than like a game that has like a really cutesy soundtrack, but the gameplay is like deceptively annoying. Like, I feel like that would probably drive me quicker to rage. Like, if you know, if you have a game that's literally kind of like it's making fun of you, like think of um, like a soundtrack like Animal Crossing, where it's like yeah. really calm and stuff, but there's like this one little annoying part that you just can't get like the right button pattern for or some shit or like if it's like a rhythm game or something because the music is not in tune it doesn't yeah. match up to how you're feeling. yeah it, it doesn't match up to how you're really feeling i feel yeah that's an interesting way of looking but if at you're it. not getting something right then it's just an alert to like you're fucking up no but so the, i don't think no but i think no. like the music it, it'll probably feel like that because you have like this music that 
it's kind of like dun, 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 dun. it's like and you're not getting this little simple thing i would that would probably drive me to that's the music or do you think it's the fact that you're not getting this little simple thing well the whole thing well, he, asking if the music amplifies it so yeah it, like, it like, antagonizes it. Like, like if you're doing this thing, you're like, this music is so happy. Why? Like, it's not like a conscious thing. It's more of like a subconscious. Yeah. Like an example for me is like playing Donkey Kong 64. There's this one stupid mini game called Beaver Bother. Mm-hmm. And it's playing this uh, like circuit music. Yeah. And it's such like, it's supposed to be like a very like over the top silly challenge. But it's so hard. Right. That yeah. Yeah. Start to get angry at the music because it's being so silly, and I don't feel silly right now. I feel very serious. I think it's because you're taking it too serious. No, but then it's something like Doom when I'm playing on Nightmare difficulty, the highest difficulty, and I'm dying a lot. Um, I think the music helps me, even if I die like a hundred times. The fact that the music matches my emotional state, where it's more of like an angrier song, I kind of feel like I don't know. Because you're already because you're already okay with being angry playing this game, right? Because of the music. I'm not saying that it makes it okay to be angry, but it's like the emotion of the music matches up with my own internal emotions, which is anger. anger. Yeah, which okay. Like, so that yeah, also yeah, like, yeah, yeah. would you say that that further amplifies like the gaming experience, right? Like, do you think that do you think that kind of thing could be dangerous? Like, do you feel like when you when you walk away, not dangerous isn't the right word, but like when you walk away from playing Doom, did those feelings linger with you or no? For Doom, like it made it felt like a release it felt okay. like i was like i got the emotion out it's gone and now i can like feel good i got that energy out that's really I, interesting i don't I, think i would consider doom a cathartic game mm-hmm. i think I, it would make me very anxious the whole time and not just because of the music but i've never like listened to game music and got upset i didn't i mean like the music doesn't no i'm just yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. i've never like listened to it and like been like it's never amplified it's amplified is when it's like change dramatically because i'm in a fight scene yeah, yeah. and then it gives me an adrenaline like rush, hype, yeah. but it's never ever like affected me like emotionally in that way if yeah, that yeah. Sense. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. it does what about you fernando like do you find yourself do you find like the music affecting your mental state as you're playing something like whether it's consciously or not um probably i mean if i guess it's a sign of a good game composer if it does affect me right so uh, I yeah. find, actually, it's funny because I've always felt, and I know it kind of goes against what you were saying earlier about Persona 5. I always felt that the Persona 5 soundtrack kind of really didn't go with the tone of the game. Pers- personally, for me, I felt like the the tone of the game didn't feel as light and airy as the soundtrack is. The soundtrack is very like city pop. And yeah, uh, it's very and, jazzy almost. Yeah, it's very jazzy and stuff. So like... But it was a conscious choice, obviously, because the soundtrack is memo. It's a good soundtrack. But in terms of like setting tone and stuff, I, I don't think they were trying to use the the music. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest contrast you see is maybe when um, when you go into like the bar and stuff, you know, everything kind of just winds down because that's, you know, at the bar, you're supposed to wind down. But everything else just kind of feels like, okay, we're, you know, slap happy. Everything, you know, kind of chill and stuff and yeah we're just you know kids in the city but i felt like uh even even from persona 4 i felt it was like a really big departure from like persona 3 persona 3 was less that but people of course again go back to the going back to the idea of a soundtrack being memorable persona 4 and more so persona 5 soundtracks were more memorable so they did that as more of a choice to promote the game 
like they can use this music to promote the game. And you know, it's funny. Persona Four playing it on handheld was one of the only times I actually ever did use he- like headphones. Mm. And like the fucking uh, the Juness jingle, like Juness is like the supermarket in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, it still sits in my head. Like I remember, it's just like yeah. I remember I, when I first came to Japan and I went to like a supermarket and I heard like the jingles that they have in supermarkets here. I'm like, oh shit, that's where they got this from. Okay. Like, yeah, it, wasn't yeah. like the ex- it wasn't the exact same melody, but it's like the same kind of feel. It's like, yeah, Japan. Okay. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder because like, I feel like I also did this thing, like it's just like a stupid anecdotal thing, but I hopped on Spotify. Right. And I, I searched up like video games and like, gamer playlists. Mm-hmm. And like all the ones that I found were all like, really aggressive either from like like heavy like heavy like gangster rap versus like heavy metal all of them were like very like hardcore very like hype very like like you said the the music that would kind of get you going while you're doing it so i wonder like consciously or or, or not when you're playing games especially why i feel like the the biggest reason would be like when you're playing a game online and you're not doing well and you're listening to music alongside of like doing it i wonder how much it might amplify those negative feelings that you might be having with losing, like if it makes you more frustrated than you would be if you weren't listening to like that an music. MMO. I mean, more along the lines of like a Call of Duty or like a or like a Battlefield, where you are you're all about your you know your kill death ratio. I feel like people don't really listen to the music in Call of Duty that much. I don't mean like the like the the music specifically in Call of Duty. I just oh. mean like the music that they might be listening to while playing Call of Duty. Oh, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. because like a those, like a lot of those like the the playlists and stuff were all like really like I said. Aggressive. Aggressive. Well, I feel yeah. like people pick music because they're already in a mood and they want to listen to music that reflects that, or they want to be in a mood, so they pick music to play. Yeah, that's another so, thing, especially with this study being like, what came first? Yeah, like the feeling. Like, were they or, already feeling that, they were, or were yeah. they? You know, so I don't know. Well, I have like it's funny because I I have like I feel for me it's kind of like a little bit of both. I remember when I used to uh, play World of Warcraft and we used to go into like uh, capture the flag battlegrounds. I used to play like Rage Against the Machine and that felt like the perfect for like a while in my life. It felt like the perfect song, perfect album to play while doing the Battlegrounds. But then later, uh, maybe like two or three years, I remember I would I just switched it up. I was like, fuck it. I just want to play Jamiroquai and I'll be like listening to like disco and 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 that kind of upbeat stuff while still killing people in the Battlegrounds. But you were uh, also always listening to something upbeat. Like something that had a lot of energy while you were doing that, right? Well, yeah, because I feel like if you if you listen to something that's gonna chill you out, it, you know, you, you think about like I think just we do we do this subconsciously, but I feel like if you're if you're listening to something that's gonna relax you, um, you're gonna have slower response times, slower reaction times to stuff happening in the game. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't play like first person shooters, so yeah. All right. Well, cool. I think that was a great little discussion on video game music. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how it will continue to kind of change going forward. And especially like like Fernando was saying, and now that the ability to make video game music, whatever you want it to be, whether it's orchestral or, or you know, much more large, just techno. I mean, and stuff it's like just that. becoming more cinematic. And yeah. gaming is becoming a lot more cinematic with cutscenes. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think there's a... I think in the future, there's not going to be like a huge difference mm. between music that you make for movies and music that you make for like 
big game. And I wonder if we'll see one day like a Grammys award for like best video game composer or soundtrack, right? Because they have them for movies, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see if we ever get to that point. As well, a Grammys is for like music in general. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, like, yeah. well, they largely focus on like music, like like albums, like a section in. I mean, oh, like, I think like, like at the Grammys. No, 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 like a, like a specific Grammys award, like because they uh, happen for yeah for other for best music and movies, right? So, like, I wonder if we'll ever see. I games think, on the- I think, I think we will as as um our generation gets older, uh for sure. Yeah. As our generation gets older, and the Grammys uh are slowly but surely becoming more and more relevant, just to stay relevant, they probably will add that category. That's a great. That's a great <laughs> point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's. Uh, in terms of news, there's. We're not going to really talk about it too much. The only thing that I wanted to talk about is a couple of game announcements. Uh, Marvel's Iron Man was delayed to May fifteenth. Cyberpunk, all the way back to September seventeenth, and Dying Light to some. Dying Light two to some time. The reason that I bring this up is because I just kind of want to plant the seed. Um, next week's talk, I want to talk about video game delays and crunch. Um, so I, re- that's the reason why I brought that up is because a lot of games are being delayed. A lot of games are being delayed now. And there is a great article on Kotaku. If you want to kind of preview what we'll talk about next week, talking about how they're like, a lot of people say, Oh, like we want to delay the game so that we can have more time to work on it. And my dad actually just finished reading uh, blood, sweat and pixels by Jason. Yeah. Schreier. I read it too. Uh-huh. And basically like the, the idea is like the, the common thing that people say is like, Oh, people delay it. So that way they won't have to crunch as bad to finish it. When the opposite is actually true, people let you crunch even harder yes. through delays. So I want to having to delay a game is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. No. no. So I will next week. I want to take a look at how that how kind of crunch can you know couples with mental health and how the industry oh, is like it's yeah oh yeah, but uh, yeah that's the reason why I wanted to bring that up. People sleep at the office under their desks. Yeah, they don't go home. Looking forward to that discussion. Yeah, that'll be next week. Oh, All right. So I think that is. A really good thing to end on. Yes. I think that's a good stopping point. I would like to thank Fernando for all of his insight yeah. on video game music and just music in general, and for you know stopping by with us and sharing his game that mattered and giving us a bit of his history. Thank you so much, Fernando. It was a pleasure. I had fun. I hope you. I hope you enjoyed the experience. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have to have you back on. I feel like hey. you need to. Be- more excited not like yeah, yeah for no sure. like, yeah. I, I'm just like i'm like <laughs> yeah no i actually i had fun i had fun i, I did it, it was it was new something new because okay. uh, all the other kind of videos or podcasts that i've done with other friends have been always focused solely on music this is one of the few times like i realized through this podcast i was like there is so much i could talk about like so because video games have been like and you know more what than half my that life podcast because we need to wrap it up thank you personal thank you for coming on because you didn't have to and i really really appreciate it no i had fun I, i'm glad I'm, I'm glad i got on and uh it, it's getting me thinking about other stuff and maybe like other music too nice. yeah. that's awesome man okay so thank you matt yeah thanks destiny thank you destiny you're welcome thank you darren thank you darren okay <laughs> <laughs> bye Darren bye <laughs> say goodbye Fernando bye bye <laughs> goodbye see you next week
shit her on the pants. Right on the pants. <laughs>